Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, folks. Hang on a little bit here. Sounds like we might have some technical difficulties. Hopefully you can hear me. I hope you all had a fantastic shoot last weekend. We're going to be looking for a few of you to call in and speak about it. And Scott's going to give us a little talk about beautiful scenic Dorchester Heights and the benefits of artillery. If any of you all can hear me, I'd appreciate if you'd pop on the chat and say so. Uh, if you're listening on the web or on the phone, please let us know. In any case, we're hoping to have a fantastic show. Ah, uh, Scout was cut off. Well, he'll get dialed back in pretty quick. You all managed to fill your lines completely. That's the best way to do it. Get the word out, take that good history to people, and teach them a little bit about shooting, too. Oh, old guy that said they had a fantastic shoot in Columbia, Maine. And I'll bet they did, too. Probably a little bit nippy this time of year. I seem to remember Maine being sort of three-quarter of the way to Alaska. But hopefully they didn't freeze their butt off and had a full line. That always makes it work well. If any of y'all had a good shoot, call on in and give us the word at... Uh, 930-730, or excuse me, 646-200. Ah, there we go. Scout's back online now. Can you hear us, Scout? Hey, Scout, get up there and let us know what's going on. Whoa, three new riflemen? Cold and windy and 21 above. I guess Maine had that icicle seed patch to pass out this time. Cooville, Washington, a little wet, sunny, but otherwise, and also three new riflemen. That's a winner right there, too. Scout, can you hear us on this thing? Hey, Scout, can you hear us? Well, I guess Scout can't hear us. Cooville, Washington, I hope I pronounced that right. How many did you have on the line total? Okay, Scout says they have him blocked out somehow. Well, I'll just keep yakking then. Shadow Mountain Man says they had 32 in Washington. That's a pretty good line. Hopefully they didn't have any extra space left over. I like to see those lines full. And nothing in the world quite as satisfying to an instructor as having a full line of fresh open minds. Scout says you can't hear a thing after the countdown, and you can't hear anything now. Old guide said they had 16 at Columbia. Well, one of you call in at 347-308-8790 and uh, give us some live details about it. We'd sure like to hear. Anybody else that has any uh, shoot results, like to give us a little informal AAR on the air, 347 347- 308-8790 is the number to get on. There's 40 lines, 48 lines free. And we want to hear you. Hopefully Scout can hear me now. I tried to reconnect him. Can you hear anything here, Scout? Well, guess not. 
12 novices and four with some experience up in Maine. Ah. Shadow Mountain says they had a few empty spaces, sadly. And that is sad. I hate to see that. But, you know, when you're really down to it, you put on a shoot for one. Because getting the word out is more important than numbers. Hawkhaven says they had 17 shooters. Eight new riflemen and women and two new IITs. Let's have a cheer for that. Where was that shoot, Hawk? Let me know on that. 17 shooters on the line for Hawkhaven, 16 in Maine. Old guide, why don't you give me a call? Bald Knob, Arkansas. Hey, that is a first. First time in the state, and it was great. Well, that's good on them. 17 new shooters in the first shoot in the state and made eight new riflemen and women out of it and recruited two IITs. You can't lose with a record like that. And if you all got some results, bring them on in or give us a call at 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. This is interesting not being able to hear the show. Interesting having to be the show, but that's quite all right. I don't get on the air often. Maybe I'll get a whole two hours tonight, and we'll get into some difficult stuff. Are there any other folks out there with some shoot results for us? Jimmy said they shot for two and one new IIT. So Roswell had something going, too. Sorry you're here to only had two, but you go out and you teach what you got. Three new riflemen, one tube semi-auto, one tube bolt gun, and one whiz-bang 1022. Oh, Scout says our phone line is busy. Excuse me, old guide says it's busy. Well, keep trying, please. I could use some company. It's interesting that we had uh, new riflemen with tube feed guns. They do have present a little bit of a problem. But even better, I hear we got a tube feed bolt gun out there and made riflemen with it. Making riflemen with a bolt gun is a good thing. That's somebody that knows how to do his stuff. I'm pretty sure that wasn't a fresh meat new guy. But hey... It's fantastic. That's fantastic. <coughs> Excuse me. Jimmy says I'm doing fine. It was the fundamentals. Fundamentals work no matter what you brung, and that's true. One of those things that a rifleman should be able to do is pick up just about any kind of bang, stick around, a handful of ammunition, side in with one or two shots, and be effective. Because it is the fundamentals. You might be a little slow with an unfamiliar gun, but once you figure out how to make it go and you apply those fundamentals, you're going to make it. A rifleman knows how to do that kind of stuff. It comes from paying attention and having character. Okay, are there any other reports that we have out there? Captain Carl reporting in. 
They can hear me loud and clear in Pestigo, Wisconsin. Made three new riflemen in Samaco last weekend. Jimmy's reminding me that he did his with a bolt gun, and he did. He did. It takes some doing. But I think Jimmy kind of has a little advantage because Jimmy has some external bracing built in. I, I still haven't figured out whether or not that's quite fair. <laughs> hey, now here's a good one from the old guide. One lady with a 10:22 that did not hit paper on the first red coat. Sunday afternoon, she's running a 202, and she's coming back and bringing her husband next time. I think he may be in for a bit of a surprise. <laughs> How many of y'all had ammunition problems out there for your shoot? Jimmy says ammunition was his problem, and I don't doubt it. I have scoured every store within 300 miles of this place and managed to get 100 rounds. Shadow Man says they were good. I'm glad to hear that. What was this about Cooper pulling a border raid on you, Shadow Man? Give us some details. We're really wanting to hear some of you call on in. Let us know what's going on. Scout's not up there. I'm going to bring up a caller here on 512. Hello, Hi, this 512. Is Who am I speaking Hello. with? Hi, this is Bullet. Well, Bullet, you're on the air here with the co-host, because Scout ain't on. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from the Austin area. Um, I usually listen to my computer when I'm home, but I'm driving home from work tonight, so I thought I'd call in. Oh, I'm glad that you did. Scout couldn't get on tonight, and I'm lacking for some company up here. Did you make okay. a shoot last weekend? I sure did. Actually, I um, I taught an out, a Liberty scene to a group of about 45 uh, people on Friday, actually on April 19th, which is pretty cool. And then I was at um, Scout's place at the Apple Sea there in Dezilla on Saturday. That's great. Did you get a, a full line? We had, I want to say, about 17 people. Clara was good. Um, a friend of mine, I believe it was her second apple scene, and she scored Rifle Woman. We were very proud of her. Her twin sister made it last time, so that was that was exciting. And another That's friend of mine who was on the line, yeah, another friend of mine on the line brought his young son, I believe a seven-year-old son, and he did a really good job paying attention and being obedient and being safe. And uh, we had a great orange hat who was able to help him out. And then his little boy's dad uh, actually was able to score a rifleman on Sunday, and that was exciting, too. I think we had one or two other riflemen. That's fantastic. And you got friends to come, and getting friends to come is always a good thing. Absolutely. That's, a, that's fantastic. Uh, how many ladies did you have on the line total? Um, I think we had five or six. I'm trying to remember. Something like that. That's a pretty good and proportion out of 17. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. There's another who wanted to come, and she's, she's really close to making riflemen, uh, but she'd cut her finger and have stitches, and so she ends up not coming out. Yeah, that makes it kind of rough to do any any trigger manipulation if you got your fingers sewn up. <laughs> That's true. 
Well, I'm glad to hear that you had a lot of ladies on the line. Uh, yeah. It's always been important to me to get get a lot of ladies up there because they come home and they tell their kids and their friends, and guys don't always do that. Mm-hmm. And that helps to grow the program a lot. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I I sure appreciate Appleseed because that's where I learned to shoot, and so I've been able to um, get a bunch of friends to come back with me. So they've always they've always enjoyed it, too. You ready to take a hat yet? Oh, I'm Red Hat. Okay. Yeah. I've been a little bit out of the out of the mainstream here for a bit, so I'm not keeping up on everybody that I should. That's okay. Well, I, I did it pretty quick. I think I got my orange hat last June and then my red hat in November. So That is pretty quick. Probably sneaked it, yeah. That means you were paying attention and working at it. I was working. I definitely was, and I had I had great mentors. I mean, there's a, there's a great crew out there at Deville. I've also worked some a uh, little at Fredericksburg. Um, just everybody in the area has been so helpful and so um, so good at what they do. That was that was a large aspect that really made me want to get involved. I mean, everybody, everybody was skillful. They knew how to do what they were doing. They knew how to teach it. Um, they're just everybody's great mentors. Shooters are always friendly people. Uh, <laughs> And, and they're helpful people. Admittedly, you can get some cutthroat competitors out there at some of the games, but uh, on the whole, shooters, uh, they'll get out there, they'll loan you a gun when yours is broke, they'll give you ammunition when you're out, they'll help you out with all the little the little things, and that's not even folks that are teaching. That's just everyday shooters. Right. So, and uh, you, you have a hard time running into a friendlier bunch than shooters. I'm going to yeah, pop a couple to. more people on the line here, and I'm going to leave you on, and we can all have a four- or five-way chat. Sounds good. I'll be here until I get home, then I have to unload groceries. Okay. 541, I've got you on the line. Well, hi there. This is Kevin from Umatilla, Oregon. My son Ian and I attended the Waitsburg, Washington Appleseed Saturday. What an experience. Man. Was, was it your first one? Yes, sir, it was. Uh, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm an instructor through the, the big three-letter national organization, and I have taught an awful lot. Being a student was definitely a strange thing for me. Uh, but... Uh, Ken Joe, Joni, uh, uh, and what's his face? Boy, I'm going to catch heck for this. Uh, <laughs> we're you know we're very patient. Uh, I am a machine gunner scout. Uh, on machine guns, the belts out, the boxes off, the actions open, and it's something that I have never gotten into the habit in my adult life of putting a safety on. And, boy, I tell you what, I got the tap on the shoulder, the the, the nice reminder. My, my chamber flag kicked out forward of the firing line, and the only thing I had in my pocket was a string cheese stick. And so, by golly, until we could find my chamber flag, uh, you know, uh, I think it was Kenjo that looked down and said, yep, rifleman's got to improvise. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but it was great. Uh, my son and I uh, are both pretty good-sized men. I've got a crack back that I've owned for 
25 years. My son hurt himself on the job several years ago, and uh, it's hard for him to get down into the prone position. I can get down, but it, it darn near takes a crane to get me up. And Joni was very, very helpful in allowing me to sit in my stadium chair for just about all the shooting that we did save the standing up. Uh, I'm not used to that position. Uh, and, of course, there's one thing you can say about eastern Washington, big guy. If you don't like the dang weather, wait five minutes. And we did change every five minutes, but every five minutes it was blowing. <laughs> but we had an excellent time. The the chalk talk, the history part of the class was great. Uh, I'm an American history buff. Not much was said that I didn't know, but the way it was presented in a you know in a quick, fairly easy to put into memory format was great. Uh, the paperwork that I've taken home has been fantastic, and the desire to continue to come back is, is you know, is is there. You know, and uh, you know, in in the bit uh, or in the bit, yeah, uh, loading up, not really knowing what we needed there at the seating. I brought the old heck six thousand rounds twenty two with me, and uh, I was able to give a thousand of those to Kenjo for, you know. Sometime in the future when someone may show up and just doesn't have enough, doesn't have any in this crazy market at the moment, uh, I thought about peddling some of my 22, uh, you know, just you know, have a little bit of extra money, but it looks like I'm going to be saving every bit of it for, you know, for our apple seeding. Uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it's like, wow, uh, yeah, I... I, I don't know that I would want to bring my center fires out there. And what's very interesting is I'm diabetic. I'm 50-something, 50 50, two, two, 52. Uh, <clears throat> took a while to remember that. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm a scope guy. And learning how to use the tech sites, go site, uh, or the Ghost Ring site, apologies, uh, was really different for me. I've used it goofing off around here uh, up at a rifle pit and, and hunting critters and stuff. Well, it works fine. But to actually sit down and, and regulate the sites, uh, that, sir, was an education. <laughs> and, and one of which uh, is going to take time here at home now to hone in. Uh, I didn't I mean, heck... I, w I was shooting angle of barn barn door three counties over. You know, I, was pro I was probably whizzing the squirrels in Wallowa County. You know, that's the far east end of, of eastern Oregon. Uh, you know, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure that lead rain that was coming down. Daddy, what is this? Nobody's shooting at us. <laughs> yeah, don't How worry many about shooters it. did you have on the line up there? We had nine. Nine. Yep, we that's had good. nine. Yep, uh, let's see. I believe one, two, three, one. Okay, it was one, two. Heck, I'm trying to remember. There were myself, Ian, my friend Jerry, uh, and two other gentlemen. Uh, and then there were, four, yeah, four young ladies that were there. Uh, Joni's daughter was there, and... Uh, um, 
Renee. That's it. Uh, and, you know, the, the girls did fantastic. Uh, from my experience as an instructor, the ladies always tend to outshoot the guys. I don't know if it's a lack of testosterone. You know, I'm going to show you how to do that. Uh, or whether it's just they're a lot more patient and take instruction easier. I don't know. But the girls did very well. I, we had a young teenage gal there, uh, and she did fantastic with her scope 1022. Uh, you know, and so, you know, just overall it was a great day. Yep. Okay. You're, you're hearing the, the first line of defense here at the Fat Guy Residence. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's the Terrier girls, mother and daughter. I don't need no good okay, I've got terriers. <laughs> so hang on the line. I'm going to click in uh, another caller. All and, uh, Let them bring on. I'm going to leave you on the line. Oh, hey, tell you what, Scott. I've got you here online. I'm listening to you over the net. Uh, that's my family coming home with dinner. We we're, went out for takeout. So uh, uh, I'll listen, but I'll go ahead and let you go. Okay. Thank you for right, calling me in. Hey, it was a fantastic experience. Area code three six zero triple six. Who am I speaking with? Can you hear me? This is Shadow Man. I can hear you, Shadow Man. Well, I just wanted to let Kevin know we're having one a Liberty seat in his neighborhood in Hermiston uh tomorrow evening. So um I hope he knows about it and can tell some friends about it so that they can hear some good history. But uh uh, Theophilus was the shoot boss at that shoot, and we had a new IIT work it as well, bald since birth, uh, drop down um, Sunday um, morning to help with that shoot as well in um, Waitsburg. But uh, I worked this, the shoot in Coopville, Washington, and we had a great event. It was the first time that we shot at that range, so we had the club's uh, safety officers checking us out. Uh, they were very pleased with what they saw, and we just had a great time. Our first rifleman shot rifleman on Saturday, um, Travis, and uh, he approached me after the after at the end of the day and asked if he asked if he couldn't if he could skip out on Sunday, because uh, uh, the Coopville Range um, in Washington is right next door to uh, a naval air station, and he is going to be deployed later this week, and he asked if he could skip out on Sunday and spend time with his family, but uh, he was a stand-up guy and a great shooter. And then we had two additional riflemen on Sunday. That's fantastic. And I can understand about him wanting to spend some time with the family. That's always important. Yeah, he was going to bring some uh, friends from the air station to come out and shoot, but he said they were already deployed. But uh, out of the 32 shooters we had, um, we originally had line room on the line for 40, and we had a sold-out event. Uh, but, you know, we we have no-shows. That's just the way things work. But we, as far as ammo goes, um, we shot about 400 rounds each. Um, I asked at the start of the shoot if there was any need for a low round count, and all the shooters were very well prepared. So it was a great event. Um, one other thing I want to call a shout-out to is um, Cooper uh, visited us from Wisconsin, and uh, she did her second strike uh in in a period dress and uh, told the the story of Isaac Davis from the perspective of one of his troops, and uh, it was just a real treat to have her come and visit. 
Well, that's good. It's always good to have instructors from out of town come in. There's a little cross-pollination goes on with that. and We all can pick up a few little hints and tips. Well, with 32 people on the line, sounded like you had pretty good attendance, even with eight no-shows. Yeah, we did. I wouldn't complain about that at all. Yeah, the Liberty Volley went real well. Um, Earl, one of our um, uh, shoot bosses, he, he ran the Liberty Volley, and it, it, he, it was the best that some of the instructors had heard because everybody fired together. We didn't have any, uh, you know, sort of a ragged volley. It, it was pretty crisp. Earl so, figure out how to carry a rifle on that motorcycle yet? Uh, I think he has it, it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was there. RL was there. RL and um, one of our IITs, fire diver. Those two guys actually went to the club and presented um, Appleseed to the club, and that's what you know got us one step closer to making the shoot a reality. And so we were able to recognize them. Um, one other person to call out is Island Kelly. She uh, went to an Appleseed, um, not this last New Year's, but the New Year's Eve before, uh, and she was really moved by um, what she saw. And so she's a county commissioner in Island County, Washington, and she worked hard to get us to talk to that range and to get us in the door as well. And then finally, this was even best of all, too, one of our um, orange hats, um, Paul W., uh, he received his red hat on Sunday morning. So it, there were just so many good things going on. It was really hard to see the weekend come to an end. Uh, it sounds like you had a great time up there. We did. We did. And uh, we had shooters come up, and, and there's going to be a lot of seventh stepping going out, and we have more ranges uh, coming online. So um, all sorts of good things are happening. So. Do you have any others waiting to call in? I'll step aside and let them take the microphone for a while. I've got one more here. Let me pop them on. Thanks. Oh, thank you very much for calling in and filling in the gaps on that shoot. Hopefully my switchboard isn't going to get stinky here. Area code 207-290, can you hear me? Area code 207, are you there? Nope, guess this switchboard's going to be a stinker. I get that little spinning circle on it when I should get a lit-up microphone symbol, and we don't have it. But I'll keep trying to bring him on as we can. But it sounds like everybody had a fantastic series of shoots this weekend. Do I hear somebody else back there wanting to talk? Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, this is Bullet. I'm, I just got home. I'm going to have to go in a minute, but I just really quick wanted to give a shout-out uh, to Didactic. I have no idea if he's listening, uh, but he's from the area, and um, he pitched in and volunteered to help uh, a month or so ago, a few weeks ago, when I posted on the forum that I was going to be doing a liberty seat for a homeschool, a homeschool group in the area. And so he came out and brought a bunch of props. He brought bayonet. He brought the battle road map, um, silver dollars, for sound effects, um, can't remember even what else you brought, but we uh, worked together to do a Liberty Seed presentation for about 45 folks uh, at my friend's place, and till all three of the strikes, there was a picnic, uh, we actually ended up doing also a firearm safety presentation and kind of an intro to Appleseed, because there are a lot of families interested in coming out 
shoot. Anyway, I just want to say I really appreciated um, the fact that he was willing to help out there, and I thought it was pretty cool. We never actually taught an apple together before, um, but we were able to, to work together really well on the on the uh, strikes. And we even did the first strike as a tag team where I presented the colonial side and he presented the, the regular side. And so that worked out really well. So just wanted to say thank you there, and I appreciate that help. Well, I thank you for calling in, and I thank you for letting us know that you had some help. Mm-hmm. All I right. Y'all have a good pretty good about those things, and I'm glad yeah. to hear he's still out there moving and active. Sure is. Uh, that worked out well. I like that tag team format myself. I had a, yeah, I really did. A group of IITs that I worked with very regularly for a year. We did 13 or 14 shoots together, and uh, we could do that tag team business real easy. Sometimes you'll get going and kind of run out of steam, and they'd pop in and save me. <laughs> It's <laughs> always a great thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's see. I've got area code 907 here. Area code 907. Can you hear me? Hi, Sam. How are you tonight? Fantastic. I've got you on the air here because I can't screen calls. Not I while think, I'm talking uh, anyway. <laughs> I see. It's Fisher Dog up in Alaska. I was just calling to listen in, but I can give a quick after action from the April 2021 shoot in Chugiak, if you like. I want you to, desperately. Well, we had uh, 23 on the line in the snow, and by late afternoon, the mud of uh, our winter seed to celebrate and commemorate April 19, 1775. And it was a, a great shoot. We had a, a large group that was very new to shooting, but they were enthusiastic and persistent and improved greatly, and I think we'll be back on the line soon. That's great. I have a hard time imagining people in Alaska that are new to shooting, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, I do too, Sam, but uh, (laughs) there are some. (laughs) And uh, what group... We had a group of 11. We have room on the line for about 30. We had a group of 11 come that were all very new, uh, by and large, but they uh, they learned a lot and they stuck to it. So, so it was a pleasure working with them. You know, as well, teaching, as well as all the other folks. teaching is one of the most fun things that you can do anyway. And you watch them and, and all of a sudden it just kind of clicks. And you see their eyeballs light up, and uh, it's a very satisfying thing. Very satisfying. Oh, yeah. How, how many ladies did you thing. have? What's that? How many ladies did you have on the line? Oh, let me kind of count here. At least six. Maybe all, all seven, because my daughter was there, too. Uh, another uh, eight, yeah, eight, eight out of twenty-three. I That's pretty good. Number. I like getting the ladies on the line because they get back and they tell their friends and bring their friends with them. Yeah, we had uh, two nine-year-olds in with the group as well, and uh, one of them was not able to make it back on Sunday, but uh, one of them shot two days, and, and he greatly improved and was very gratified. To, to improve. So, 
he was quite a quite a fun young man. We enjoyed having him. You know, the youngsters are what we do this for to help make a better future for them, pass on all that good knowledge, and kind of give them an idea the price it was paid to help them have the liberties that they have now. And there's no better investment that you can make than getting a youngster on the line and teaching them. I agree, Sam. I think it's the very most important thing that we're doing. You know, if, if I get you to come out on the line, it's a good thing. But I'm only going to get about 20 or 30 years worth of you out there pressing the issue afterward. When I get a youngster out there, I might get 60 or 70 more years work out of him. <laughs> So it's a good That's return right. on investment. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to look at it. Besides that, Sir, kids are a lot of fun. Yes, yes. Yeah, we did did have one rifleman qualify, took a winter seed patch, and an orange hat as well. So we're pleased to have Mountain Goat 19H joining the cadre in Alaska. Good deal, Mountain Goat 1980. That you all got your AARs online yet? Uh, we do. Good. Yeah, there's I haven't had a chance there. to look over that way to see. Yeah, they're going to bring on one up. more here. Fisher Dog, I want you to stay on the line. I'm going to bring on one more. Will do. Area code 412. Who are we speaking with? Hey, uh this is just Ed. Um, you know, I thought I'd check in since Scout's having trouble. So, you know, it's uh, things went well at the shoot last weekend. Uh, I was at New Philadelphia, Ohio. Um, it was a small shoot. Uh, we had a lot of shoots in Ohio, and people went to closer ones, but we ended up with seven people on the line. But that weekend they had uh, 120 Scouts at the at the range. Which was, was kind of interesting. And oh, I, got oh. to, I got to give a short presentation to to them while they were eating lunch. And uh, one one group helped me out a little bit later in the evening when uh, the, the building I was supposed to stay in, you know, I was searching for the guy with the key, and they had the key, so I rewarded them with a with a little um, story. And I had their rapt attention for uh, Samuel Whittemore. <laughs> and, uh, and and their, their next question was, "Do you have any more stories?" And I chuckled at that. Well, I hope you so, took the opportunity to imbue them with some fine historical knowledge. Well, they, they started peppering me with questions, and uh, their questions were wide ranging. Actually, um, you know, they, they got all the way up to the War of eighteen twelve. So, I did my best, but you know, it, it was it was an interesting experience. Sure, so. it's always good getting getting those youngsters up there, getting exactly. that knowledge to them. Well, and I handed out a whole bunch of brochures, and they seem to be interested. So we should see hopefully some of them on the line soon. So that's that'll good. be a great thing. You know, if we can ever break through the curtain with the scouts and uh, 
we can have a very mutually beneficial situation well, there. That's one of the things that I have uh, that that I mentioned to them. Um, it's there are a fair number of us um, instructors in Ohio, um, in Western PA that that have our NRA certifications for um, for you know rifle instructor and RSO. And I know that the Boy Scouts require those certifications for the Boy Scouts to be able to earn their merit badges. Right. So. Um, I, I told them that I'd be perfectly open. I, I don't know what the course of fire is that is required for them or how long it takes, but I, I'm perfectly willing to entertain the idea of, uh, of inserting their course of fire on a, on a Sunday afternoon if they come and they can get their merit badges in apple season. They're still limited to using single-shot 22s at this point, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for any official events. But maybe some brilliant person can come up with a alternative course of fire for meeting the Boy Scouts requirement. That might be well, beneficial. But but even if they bring their finger single shots and they shoot, we you know take forty five minutes out of Sunday and we shoot their course of fire. I don't know what their course of fire is. That's what I got to learn. Right. So. Um, hope, hopefully we, we find out something and uh, we make it happen because there were a lot of Boy Scouts there and um, they were there that weekend to they were working on on their shooting pad and um, it was an all around familiarization with both firearms and also uh, they had a bow station and and some other stuff going on so I it was a it was an interesting weekend we we had a lot of the a lot of the uh, parents of the scouts come over and see what we were doing all weekend. So hopefully they'll all be on that speed line soon. Uh, it's great. Were you able to get some contact info for their leadership? And uh, so you can kind of schmooze them a little bit later on and bring them into the fold? I did tell them how to contact the Ohio leadership. I didn't want to step too much into that since I'm from Western PA, but... Uh, I did tell them how to contact Ratchet, so hopefully they'll get in contact with her. Where in Western PA are you from? Uh, I'm a little bit southwest of Pittsburgh. Okay. And thus, I'm always in eastern Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Or northern West Virginia. Uh, well, you see, there's there's only one shoot regularly in West Virginia, and I've never actually made it to that one. I, it's on my list of things to do. Oh, it's way down I, south. You need to set one up in Wetzel County. In what county? In Wetzel County. Uh, I'm not familiar with it. That's right over the line there. Named after an ancestor of mine. Okay. Another Revolutionary War kind of guy. Is, is that, that over towards Morgantown, or is that towards Wheeling? Uh, it's right due south of Pittsburgh. Okay. Right due so, south of Pittsburgh. So that's probably uh, Morgantown, then. It's probably closer to. Yeah, it's about the closest. Yeah. That's about the it, closest. Yeah, one of the things I'm trying to do is there's a, there's a range down in Eleanor, uh, West Virginia, and they actually constructed a range for apple seed and then stopped posting apple seeds. 
I'm trying to get back in there because it's uh, it's all of 20 minutes from my nieces, where my nieces live, uh, down near Charleston. So hopefully we'll make that happen here soon enough. Do they have a range there that you can get on to? Well, they had a range, and like I said, it was made, it was constructed for apple seeds. So they have a 25 meter range. Well, need to get it rolling. And we're working on it. It's uh, you know I'm, I'm working through my regional coordinator on that, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we'll get something later this year. Okay, a good deal. But I'm um, glad they had the yeah. Pittsburgh shoot. Or Philadelphia shoot, rather. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Philadelphia is the other end of the state. You know, it's it's actually closer for me to get to Indiana than it is for me to get to Philadelphia. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, Pennsylvania is a, a mighty long state. Oh, it's not no. that bad. Well, yeah, nothing in, in nothing like Texas, so. Like Texas or Tennessee? Uh, Tennessee, uh, certainly a long one. Absolutely. Yep. That's another area where we need some more activity. I haven't heard much of anything coming out of Tennessee. Well, hopefully with um, with Kentucky on the uprise, with, with Unbridled Liberty, we'll start to we'll, we'll get enough of a crew in, tennis, in uh, Kentucky that they can start to help bring Tennessee back. A little bit of spill over there. Exactly, because That's you know it, a lot of a lot of that north and south from Kentucky to Tennessee isn't all that far apart. I'm really surprised we don't have much going on in Pennsylvania, really, because Pennsylvania is rifle territory. Uh, we actually have a fair amount going on in Pennsylvania. Uh, we were up last year, and uh, we're looking to be solidly up again this year. Uh, there, there are a couple of areas that we're missing. We don't have any ranges up near Erie, uh, you know, within an hour of Erie. Um, and Pittsburgh has been a tough nut to crack. Um, we have one range that's about, well, we have two ranges. They're both about an hour away, but um, we have nothing towards my direction, which is, you know, south and west. So Right. I keep working on that. Um we, we have some possibilities. Hopefully, we'll turn them into reality here in the near future. Well, they used to have quite a few ranges up around Erie. I'm surprised they don't have anything going. Yeah, I think the closest right at the moment is uh, Slippery Rock, or if you head off into Ohio, you have a new range that had their first apple seeds this weekend, which was shoot, shoot bossed by a, a friend of mine, uh, a stand on the forum. He, uh, he ended up having, I think, 20 up there. Have you got a hold of any of the private clubs up there to see if you could get some use of their range? We're all over that. It's uh, it's just tough getting in that first time. They don't know who you are, and they're all wary, and they're like, oh. And I'm sure you know how it is. It's uh, that that initial contact is tough. It is. Uh, you know, if you get in with the folks at Keystone, they've got an indoor range up there. Mm-hmm. And they're open to the public during the week. They're restricted to members on weekends, but if you play it right, you might be able to set up a 
a shoot up there and get some of their younger members involved, and next thing you know, uh, you're right there. Exactly. I used to shoot at Keystone when I was a little kid, and uh, they were pretty decent folks then. I think somebody hit them up, had just the right approach. Uh, maybe you need to send a pretty girl representative instead of a old fart like <laughs> one of us up there. Might get a little better acceptance. Yeah, well, we're, we're uh, in, in, in this part of the area, we're, we're lacking of the pretty girl instructor. Um, I don't know, maybe we can bar borrow Barbie and send her up that way. You know, and uh, there's a good range out of Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek Rifle Club's been there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was to go out and hit them up because they're always itching to try to get more people involved. And if you can help drive their membership up a little bit, especially with some young folks, uh, that would be a great way to go about it. Yep, the, so, it sounds like you're, you're you're walking through all of the strategies that we're trying. It's <laughs> um, you know, it, it, until just well, only a few months ago, um, Western Pennsylvania only had one shoot boss, right? And and, and now we have suddenly three, so. We're, we're working on expanding our ranges because when we had one shoot boss, he could only cover so much. But now, now we can cover a lot more. So we're hoping to to make Western PA and you know even into Eastern Ohio really shine this year. Well, I hope you can make that happen. We hope I'd like so to see too. about a half dozen April 19th shoots in Pennsylvania next year. You ain't got anything going up up in Potter County either. You need to get moving up there. <laughs> we we have a lot of Pennsylvania yet to go. I, I agree. <laughs> I'm going to bring on a caller from area code 720. Who do we have in 720 here? Yes, how you doing? My name is Mr. Colorado. And I'm calling concerning... I hear you guys talking about your guns and setting up things about your guns. I want to ask you guys a question. Are y'all is, trying to get together for a race war to kick off in America? I hear a lot of you conservative people talking like you want to go against the government. What got you guys so paranoid thinking that it's okay to go against the government? Did Mr. Obama just change y'all way of thinking that y'all think the government out to get you guys and want to take your country back and keep your hands on your guns and I mean what is this all about is this something that y'all know that other people don't know is y'all getting ready for a race war in America because y'all want to attack people who don't believe in all this crime I thought after them 20 babies got killed People will wake up and try to put their guns up and try to hide them. But every time you look around, you want to take them to the rallies. You're talking about your hands on your guns all the time. What's the real deal? Who made y'all so paranoid and whine the way y'all do conserving y'all guns and all this killing that's going on in America? Why do you guys want to attack the government? Why do y'all want to train to attack the government? What's the real deal? Because... If we got problems with terrorists in other places, we got white terrorists right here in America who's going to. Well, I guess that Mr. Colorado wasn't interested in finding an answer for any of that. 
because he wouldn't shut up long enough for anybody to give him one. It was the wrong show. Oh, well. You just have to kind of go on my list of folks that need to get muted if they don't want to let anybody talk. <laughs> it's too bad because people come in here with preconceived notions. The man's out there talking like we're against the government. And that's the last thing that we are. The very last thing. Out there talking like we want to have a race war. And that ain't true either. And people would bother to quieten up a little bit and let someone answer and speak to them. They might have an opportunity to learn something and uh, help things get better. Well, that's right, Sam. You know, uh, Scott has personally invited him to shoot the staff. Of course, I wish he would take this up on it so he could get to meet a few apple seeders to help. Now, this is a different fellow than, than we had last time. I can see oh, he called in once before, but he wouldn't answer the phone that time. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was the fellow from a couple of years back. But. Oh, no. Uh, no, he's turned out to be a very rational guy. Yeah, I thought I, I thought so. I was disappointed when I was thinking it was the same guy. So I'm glad to hear that other worked out. But this fellow, yeah, he, he didn't want to talk to anybody. He wanted to lecture, unfortunately. So. Uh, he'd be right. willing to come through with us any time. That last guy was Mr. Greg, and uh, well, he turned out to be a pretty rational guy. I haven't heard him showing up at any seeds yet, but but uh, it'll happen. One of the things that uh, I did out here when I was promoting heavy, I actually went to the local NAACP and asked them if they wanted any of their folks having up learn how to shoot. And the poor woman was shocked. Uh, <laughs> that guy going to give us a gun? What's the deal here? We should continue to extend that invitation. It's important to include all, all Americans in their heritage. You know, uh, the promise that America made to people was for everybody. That's right. And I'm not going to say the American promise is for everybody. And I can't say that, that we've always been the sweetest country in the world all along, or but uh, we're at least making an effort out here. That's, that's right. Well, we're, you know, the history of the country is full of human beings, and human beings aren't perfect, but the ideals are correct. The ideals of America are correct. You know, they're for everybody. And uh, every time I've managed to find someone willing to accept that concept, I made a friend. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I can't afford to not have all the friends I can get. Good policy. You know, uh, we need to extend our uh, our program to every group that we can find. And even if they may be reluctant, we need to go out of our way to persuade people to come. If you come, you will see we don't have time to play games. We're not against the government, most certainly not. We want everyone to be participating in government. That government is us. 
And the more involved that we get in it, the better it is for every person in the country. So we need to make that effort. <laughs> Mr. Colorado kind of came at it with a closed mind. And uh, now Scott got bumped off again. He still hasn't managed to talk, but now he got bumped off one more time. I kicked it back up so we'll stay on the air. we still got an hour and three minutes left. So, area code 207, who was that again? That's the old guide in Maine. Okay, old guide. Let us know about that shoot in Columbia. I think we had a great shoot. We had 16 novices and four somewhat experienced shooters. We had uh, we got three new riflemen, and uh, one of the riflemen, riflemen did it with a semi-automatic, old tube-fed semi-automatic Winchester, belonged to his grandfather. One of them had an old Marlin bolt-action tube-fed rifle, and one of them had a tricked-out ultra-modern 1022. <laughs> it was... There was uh, it was a tactical 1022, I'll tell you, and, and he made it. So we had three very different rifles, but in order to shoot riflemen, they all had to do the same thing. They all had to exercise the fundamentals, and it worked. That's true. That's true. You know, using a bolt gun or a tube-fed gun makes the course of fire a little difficult, but if you work at it, you follow the fundamentals, you can make it. It's we been had a lady, by a lot of people. We had a lady show up with a 1022. She had never fired it before. It was a borrowed 1022. And we shot the red coat, pouring down rain, and she did not hit the paper. And uh, I looked at the 1022, and she had a Picatinny rail on the top of the receiver. She could not see the rear sight. So she, was, so she was putting the front sight in the middle of that Picatinny rail and going for it, hitting about five feet up on the backstop. <laughs> so I said, well, let's take that off of there. She said, well, that's not my rifle. I said, well, we're going to have to take it off for today. We can put it back on tomorrow afternoon. She said, well, okay. I said, don't lose the screws. <laughs> so she put them in a Ziploc bag that she had, and then she nestled down, and, and with that, Dead stock factory 1022 on Sunday afternoon. She shot a 202. That's a pretty respectable score. Yes, especially if you spent half the really across the rail. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get rid of that rail and she can see the rear sight, things got a whole lot better. <laughs> that helped yep. a lot. Yeah. Wow, that's good. How was your weather up there this go? Well, it poured rain uh, Saturday until about 2 o'clock. Then it stopped raining. The wind picked up. Sunday morning, it was 21 degrees. Wind still, wind still blowing. All 16 of our shooters showed up despite the weather. And uh, we had a, we had a one-day shooter on Saturday, and we picked up a one-day shooter on Sunday. So we broke even in that regard. So we had 16 people on the line all day, both days. That's we had a fantastic. We had a congressional candidate on the line, and I sent a, a personal message to Fred. I said, hey, have we ever had an apple seeder in Congress? He said, not yet. I said, well, we might. Yeah, you <laughs> and, have. Uh, okay, good. And then we, uh, he wasn't sure. 
Anyway, I said, then we got, uh, we had a position on the line, and there's three sons, and uh, we had a very wide variety of people, and they all had a good time, despite the, the wretched weather, but they're they're all from Maine. They're used to wretched weather. Well, they better be. <laughs> That's right. Hey, did you know that we feed lobsters to our destructors up here? Well, I'd be upset if you didn't. Yeah. But I expect to get overloaded with lobster every time I go up there. Yeah. I've got some kin living in Thomaston that I go visit pretty regularly, and they manage to keep me full of them overgrown crawdads when I get up there. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, we had a, thing. had a good shoot. Now, that's great. You know that that when you get that was on, my first. That was I'm, I'm the uh, state coordinator, but that was my first shoot as a acting shoot boss. Nobody, nobody else signed up, so I got a special dispensation to conduct the shoot. Well, good deal. Went well. I expect it worked out just fine too, didn't it? Yep. We had they had uh, three instructors, including me, and uh, they're all experienced. So uh it's a good group. The only problem is I got the other the other two uh don't want to tell the history. They just wanna they wanna be coaches on the line, line safety officer, range safety officer. One of them is a the president of the club at Columbia. He's a real good guy. But he he's like a lot of people up here in the country, they don't want to get up in front of a group of people and talk. So I'm trying to get him going on that. Well, get him to go to one of the library seeds and help out there, maybe. Yep. Get a little extra yep. practice. Everybody isn't a great public speaker, but with a little bit of practice, it can come up. They don't have to tell a whole strike. They can fill in a gap for you, maybe, and yep. get comfortable with the idea. Yep. Well, they see me get up there, and I... I do with no notes. I don't even have a three by five card, you know. I just go with it. But I'm, you know, I did it in six states last year. So six states—that's pretty good travel for you, then. Yeah. Did you convince yeah, anybody from down Canada to speak the Valley down? Forge. I got hey. down to Valley Forge with Frank Tate last year. That's a good deal. Yeah. Have you convinced anybody to sneak down from St. John's for a little lesson? Uh, you know, we've talked to a couple of people from over there, and they, they kind of chuckle about the Redcoats, you know, but they uh, we haven't had any Canadians come over. We had two of them come, come in one day and ask if they could join in the shoot. And they... You know, he says, well, you have to register, you know, and we had 19 people. We had room for 20 on the line. We had 19 that day. This was a couple of years ago. And uh, they said, well, we'll be back. But, we, you know, I gave them my business card and gave them the, the uh, website for Appleseed and everything, but we never heard from them again. Those are the only, the only contact we've had. That's too bad because Canadians on the whole ain't too bad. 
Oh no, they're good folks. I worked with a little there. red coat in them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you can get one of them to launch across at Hannibal's Crossing and come down to your neck and shoot this summer after it warms up. There you go. I uh, when I uh, called the memorial shoot for uh, my 14th name, I used James Wall. James Wall, aim, fire. James Wall was my door gunner in Vietnam. Well, if he's important enough for you to remember his name, yep. then he's important enough to fire a volley for. Yep. Well, he got killed over there the week after I left. So, yeah, I figure he's a modern-day patriot. You know, too often we we let society forget about those modern-day yeah. patriots and those people that pay that that price. That's a yeah. bad thing. Ed Healers listening on the radio. I just see him post. He says, I only did six dates. Well, that's exactly what I did. So he, he and I were tied <laughs> last year. Uh, Maine's got a lot of good people up there, and there's some folks up there that could stand a little close to that education. Well, we're going to stay gonna, on them. We're going to... K-Dan's coming up this summer, and a few other people from New England are going to come to my camp. We're going to have an overnight, and uh, going to have a trash can turkey. We grow, we we, we cook turkey turkey in a in a, in a steel drum up yep. here. Something we do in Maine, and oh, it's good turkey. So we're going to have a, a an apple seed uh, round table or something. I don't know what we're going to call it, but up here in Maine at my camp. Ed Heller says he did 24 events. I think maybe wow. he's hinting that, that, that you didn't do enough or something. Yeah, six states. <laughs> I, we, I did 12 events in six states, so. <laughs> hey, yeah. that's a pretty good schedule right there, so. Yeah. And nothing to. <laughs> he's just, he's just, now he says that he's just pulling my leg. <laughs> <laughs> you could dial in, you know, get in on this conversation. He could do that. He could. Maybe he just wants to remain anonymous. Yeah, he has got a a uh, complete Appleseed program of instruction for an iPad that he developed. And I want to. He gave me permission to get on there as a beta operator. He didn't realize the risk that he was taking, and I knew better than to get in and fiddle with the program as a beta operator. <laughs> so I, I didn't do that. But I, now I'd like to get it up. Now I have an iPad of my own, and I want to get it. Uh, he's listening, but he's muted. Okay. Well, anyway, I'd like to get that that program he's got and download it to my iPad because Frank Gates got it, and he loves it. Hmm. I'll tell you what. I got a caller here at seven one two. Let's bring him up. I believe that's Mark. Mark, is that you on the line there? Yes, sir. How are you guys getting along tonight? Pretty good. We're missing Scout. The system won't let him in, but we're just going to press on and do it on our own anyway. 
he he don't work and play with the other children very good. They won't let him play, huh? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> can, can, can he still hear? I don't know if he can or not. Uh, it really sucks if you can't if you can hear, but you can't talk because then you gotta gotta just take it, you know. It bumped yeah. him clean off the system. Uh, he was on for a bit, but he couldn't hear anything and he couldn't talk. Huh. So we're Wait just a making a go. Did you make uh, Did you make a shoot last weekend? No, I never. No, I never did. No, no, no. That's too bad. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> if you're going to make any shoot during the year, you need to make that April. April night. Oh yeah. Shoot. Yeah, that's that's kind of the most important one and the most important day, you know. Yeah, that's fact. Yeah. There, there ain't uh, nothing coming up in eastern Colorado, southeastern Colorado, is there? Not that I know of. Just down to Raton, if you want to come over the line to New Mexico. When when is the Raton shoot? Well, you'll have to pull up the schedule. I don't have it up in front of me now. Okay. They they stay up there pretty busy about every month during the summer. Okay. Yeah. Clock and Blue Feather for Blue Feather Soap Company. It's the what? Folks that make they make Blue Feather soap. Oh yeah. That's that's the official apple seed soap. In case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it really is. It's not some kind of foo foo hand. That pretty smelling stuff that your wife buys for umpteen dollars a bar. They make some good stuff. <laughs> Takes that range crud right off of you. All righty. And they make some medicated goop you can put on brass burns. It works real good, too. Huh. I'm going to click on 406 and see who we've got here. Who's there at 406? Area code 406. Who do we got online? Hello, hello. Hello, this is Linda Johnson. Hi, Linda. Did you make an apple seed last weekend? I did not, I'm sorry to say. Oh. I'm kind of sorry to hear that. Yeah. Where are you out of? I'm near Bozeman. No, where are you located? Near Bozeman, Montana. Okay. Huzzah. We don't get as many shoots up there as we need to have either. We can no. stand a few more. Ready? Have you been to an apple seed yet? I believe five or six of them. All right. Five or six yep. of them, huh? Okay. They're in Montana, or did you travel to them? No, they were here. They were okay. here. We have one. In the spring, over by Three Forks, and then a couple summers ago, they did a number of shoots up near Boulder, Boulder, Montana. And, okay. Um, yeah, so those are the locations we've been to. Sam, well, we've... Yeah, go ahead. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. We can hear you. Okay. I just uh, I was finally able to get through on uh, one of the guest lines. Okay. So I'd like to apologize, guys. This is uh, 
This is me. This is Scout. Uh, I'm finally able to sneak in through one of the guest lines. I'd like to apologize for uh, the problems that are going on tonight with Blog Talk, and and not just for tonight, but for the last I don't know how long years it seems like. Uh, I'm talking to a, a tech on the other line, but I don't really see I don't see any way of uh, of fixing this. I'm trying to find out if this is just. Uh, I haven't listened to very many other shows, so I don't know if this is like a typical. If this is the way that every uh, radio show gets treated, or if this is uh, if this is something that is particular. To uh, to this show, you know, I just uh, I don't know. So, uh, and the only thing I I don't know of a, a, another way to to host this show live other than blog talk. But I guess I'll try I'll try and figure out something. If I can't get uh, some other way, then we may end up just doing it uh, on podcast. But uh, like I say, I apologize for this. I haven't been able to hear any of the show either because uh, the audio is out. When the show started, I couldn't hear the the music. I talked to Sam, I guess, uh, through our through the switchboard, but uh, I couldn't hear anything, and I guess nobody could hear me. <laughs> but anyway, I'm back now, and Sam, I want to thank you for uh, for taking over and uh, and. And taking care of everybody while uh, while the problems are going on, and, and don't go anywhere. Stay here. I'm just uh, oh, I'm I just want to thank here. you. For We've that. been having a good time. We've had a lot of folks call in, tell us about their shoots last weekend, and it sounds like some people been having just a great time out there. A lot of new shooters being born, a lot of new people being educated, and uh, things are going great. Guns looks like. Well, well, good. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of callers on. Uh, did, uh, has everybody had a chance to chime in on uh, on their events? Hey. Everyone that called in did. <laughs> okay, great. Is somebody working on something or building something? I can hear uh, I can hear something being built or, or stacked or hammered or something. I don't know. It sounds like someone reloading in the background. It's not me this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, does anyone have anything, uh, anybody that's listening now, does anyone have anything they'd like to get out about uh, this last week's events? Well, I don't, know, I don't know if Scout heard it. We had a lady show up with a borrowed 1022, a complete novice, and uh, she fired the red coat. She did not hit the paper. And she fired the square socket and did not hit the paper. And I said, let me take a look at that rifle. And she had a a uh, a rail scope mount on the receiver that was so high she could not see the rear sight on her 1022. I said, let's take that off of there. <laughs> so we took it off there and made sure she got the got the, the rail and the, and the four screws into a Ziploc bag and as soon as she can see the rear sight, she did a whole lot better. You know, that's that's a common occurrence. Folks showing up at events with uh, with gear that they that they are not uh, familiar with running, or that somebody else yep. has set up, or that's been set up uh, improperly, 
and luckily that's one of the that's one of the perks of coming to Annapolis. Is we'll help you get your gear straightened out. We'll help you get it. Well, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, she fired a two hundred two with that same rifle. Well, there you go. Well, it wasn't the same one, right? Because you'd uh, you'd remove. Well, we took the, the rail off so she could see the rear sight. There you go. So it wasn't the same one. It was a, it was an auto. Well, yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. We had uh, uh, here in the middle, we had uh, a great group of shooters, and we did the same thing as far as uh, we we had a bunch of different brand new shooters. Some had borrowed rifles, some had uh, rifles that they owned, but they hadn't shot before and stuff like that. We had a bunch of different types of sighting issues and stuff like that, and uh, it took a, a good uh, a good three or four hours to get. Everybody worked out and get them uh, uh, into a system that they could they felt they could work right. And then we also ended up switching over rifles uh, a couple of times during the day and the next day. You know, we took folks uh, that uh, were working with scope rifles or some that were working with iron sights and switched the folks around until everybody had uh, a rifle uh, at least by Sunday morning that they were comfortable with shooting and their scores uh, greatly improved. So sometimes it just takes a bit of, of maneuvering to get folks uh, set up with a rifle that they can use. I took, uh, my wife uses a, a Ruger 10-22 with a, with a whole fiberglass sock, and I shortened it up an inch and an eighth at the butt, and I put a piece of uh, of uh, foam uh, pipe insulation on the pistol grip so I can get her trigger finger up closer to the trigger. And that improved things a whole lot. Okay. Uh, all rifles like start out for the average person. Right, right. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to make whatever adjustments are needed, whatever sighting adjustments, whatever uh, whatever you'll need to do with the rifle. If you need to adjust the stock, uh, if you need to adjust the sights, and then of course we always have folks that uh, that will have sights either uh, adjusted improperly, or their sighting systems will be loose, which is a very uh, common problem. For 22 rifles, especially the the Ruger 10-22, you'll have uh, make sure that that we start out our day on Saturday with checking the the sights, making sure that all the the sight screws, the uh, set screws, the action screws, everything that everybody's put a uh, wrench or a screwdriver to all yep. their gear on Saturday morning, so that uh, whenever we do our side ends that they stay, because uh, one of the worst things you can do, I think, is to have somebody struggle for several hours trying to do a yep. side in, and the, and the reason that they're struggling is because they have loose sights. They have, uh, or they have a, uh, a an action screw that's loose, something like that. So we always uh, get, get them started off with making sure that all of the screws and uh, and their their bolts and their sighting equipment, et cetera, is Snug down tight, not uh, not torqued, uh, unless you have a torque wrench to torque it to specs, but uh, snug down. And then, uh, of course, I tell the folks to do the same thing at the end of the day, 
where they're getting ready to uh, clean their rifles or put it away, just make sure that uh, everything is snug back up and that uh, that nobody has shot anything loose. So that's uh, just uh, that's just something you'll have to do, and especially if you're using tech sights on a Ruger 10-22, you need to make sure that these sights are snug down and that you have used some type of a screw locking uh, system like Loctite on those screws because if not, they're pretty much guaranteed to shoot loose. So make sure that you've used a uh, a good thread locking compound on the threads whenever you tighten when you put your tech, uh, tech sights on or your receiver uh, scope mount equipment, etc. Use uh, a good thread locking compound to lock the threads down. Otherwise, uh, at the end of a 550 round box of uh, of shells, you're going to shoot it loose. Uh, I've, I've we've had thousands of rifles come across the line, and uh, that is one of the most common problems that I've experienced is have folks shooting their sights loose. And normally, you can tell that very easily by by somebody that's shooting well in the morning, and uh, their groups start getting uh, larger and larger as the day goes on. You know, Scott, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody recommend doing that before you start shooting on Saturday morning. I'm going to do that. Good idea. Well, I tell folks to, I tell folks to, to start the day off. Once we got the rifle safety. And we're getting uh, we're in the prep period after we do sling instruction because everybody's going to be uh, you know figuring out how to apply their slings and adjusting their slings. We want the people to get their slings adjusted correctly. So we're going down the line helping them adjust their slings. At the same time, I get uh, a couple of uh, instructors uh, to start at each in the line and work into the center with their screwdrivers and their. Uh, their Allen keys and the star keys to make sure that everybody's gear is snugged up. I want to make sure we do that Saturday morning so that uh, so that when we do the zeros, which we're getting ready to do right after that, when we do the zeros, <laughs> that they are going to be zeros that stay and that they're valid. Uh, otherwise, if you're trying to zero a rifle with a loose sighting system, it's, it's very uh, frustrating and it's unproductive. It will cause... Uh, it will cause the whole thing to slow down, especially if you've got one or two people that can't they can't get the rifles here because of that. So we start off uh, in the Saturday mornings, making sure that we've got the rifle, the uh, all the screws snugged down. I got a secret technique that I use for people who are 45 years or older. You know, they're they're shooting fairly decent scores, but they're just that bottom line is, is uh, that bottom row of four is just fuzzy for them. I tell them, focus on the front sight, and while focused on the front sight, squint, and that bottom line comes into focus. And it works. Right, right. That's a, uh, that's a very uh, useful, it's an old shooting technique that uh, that uh, folks have been using ever since they were hunting out on the plains. And uh, yep. that's a very useful technique. Well, listen, does anybody else have uh, any uh, any reports they would like to make on the the uh, April 19th events? I see uh, Ms. Linda Johnson. Did you uh, did you give your report that you wanted to make? 
Sorry, my phone was muted. <laughs> um, I didn't have a report, actually. I haven't been to a shoot for a little while. Oh, okay. Were you just calling in to, uh, to ask your question? Just called in to listen in. Oh, okay. And you got thrown on the air? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll happen. Now, I heard you say you were from Montana. Correct. Okay. And how is the program going in Montana there? Do you, you have any of the local crew that you would like to uh, to mention on the air and thank? Any of the uh, Montana instructors? Oh, the Montana instructors are awesome. Um, it's been over a year since I've been to a shoot, so I don't know how things are going currently. Um, but we were having quite a few sh- shoots here in this area um, a couple years ago. And we had the opportunity, my daughter and I, who we were absolute novices, as novices as you can get, um, and we went to a number of shoots and uh, had exceptional help, just just a lot of patience and a lot of understanding and encouragement, and um, everybody was just absolutely awesome. And, well, do you remember uh, any of the instructor's names? I do, yeah. Mark is key here in our area, and Jerry um, was, I think, the event organizer here. Um, but all all of them, everybody's been just, like I say, really, really helpful for somebody who doesn't have a clue what they're doing. <laughs> right, and and, I, and listen, I don't want you to think that that's just Montana, because that's, that's all over the nation. Uh, uh-huh. One of the things at Appleseed, we're, we're blessed by having some of the best people in the nation uh, in our ranks. You can go to an event uh, just about anywhere in the nation and you'll find the same uh, kind of the same kind of professional quality service. Uh, and this is folks who want to help you, folks who are, are doing their, their absolute best job that they can do to help new shooters and, uh, and just about everybody I've talked to that's been to an event, whether they're a novice, Shooters or their experienced shooters. Uh, that's one of the the things that they always mention, and that is the quality of the instructors. And and, and we're blessed by that. We're blessed by having uh, very high quality instructors. Well, we're just going to go to another event then, Miss Johnson. Oh, as soon as I ha- we have one in the area when I have time. I'm really swamped with work. I'm happy to say. And I just have not been able to break away, uh, but I'm hoping, hoping to do that before very long. Okay. Well, good. Well, listen. Uh, thanks for calling in. I'm not gonna hang up on you. I'm just telling you, thanks for calling in, and uh, and thanks for letting us hear about the folks and the program in Montana. We appreciate that. And you're welcome oh, to call in any time and and give us an update. That's another thing that we'd really like. How long have you been listening to the show? This is my I don't first mean tonight. Time. I mean, uh, this is the first time. Yeah, this is my first time. I was I was doing some things on my computer and um, came across the email reminding me of the show, and I happened happened to catch the reminder at the right time. So. Well, that's perfect. Do you ever listen to it in the archive? I haven't. Okay. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask folks tonight uh, was that there have been some. Uh, some folks have asked if, uh, or they've made, they've, they've 
had questions about the sound quality. So I would like to, to figure out if the sound quality, if it's if the audio is low. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. If anybody knows if the audio quality, uh, if it sounds like the audio is low, whenever you listen to the show, either live or in archives. And if you if if you can either put that in chat or if you can send me a PM or an email, I'd like to, to hear from you because, uh, like I said, I've had a couple of folks mention that the audio for the show, at least for the host anyway, was low. And I'm trying to get that worked out with uh, tech support too. There's uh, <clears throat> there is, uh, there are several things I'm trying to get worked out with tech support now. And I don't know if we if it'll get worked out or not. But if you could let me know if the when you listen to the show in archives or live, if the audio seems low or if it seems like it's uh, not clear, then I, I would appreciate that. Also, I've noticed a bunch of folks uh, in the chat room. Uh, I see folks logging in and logging out repeatedly. Now, is this because... The screen is freezing, or are you getting kicked out of the the chat room, or, or what is happening? I don't, I don't, I, I'm looking at it from a different angle than you guys. I'm looking at the chat room from the switchboard side, so I can't tell if uh, you guys are getting dropped or if your screen is freezing, but I do see folks logging in and logging out repeatedly, so I'd like to know if what kind of troubles you're experiencing there because I want to send this report in too. So I don't know if some of you guys are saying that it it always boots you anytime you've come here over the years. Yeah, that's what I reported to them. So I've got the folks that are getting dumped over and over on this and uh and I would like for them to figure out what they can do to fix it. So uh if we can't get this the the blog talk radio problem fixed here, then uh, then uh, I imagine I'll try and go somewhere else. I don't know where yet, but I imagine I'll go try and go somewhere else. Maybe it'll just be a a podcast where I'm not able to do, uh, or I could take callers, but I can't do a live show. So I'll just have to see. We'll have to see how it how it works, but. We've got a, a large number of listeners now every week, and I and for quite a while I was putting up with the the problems from Blog Talk because I just assumed that everyone was experiencing them. I just figured it was just that was just the same crappy service that everybody was getting. But but with the number of folks that's listening to the show now, it uh, it's just uh, something is something different is going to have to be done because. We're getting uh, uh, four and five thousand people, four and five thousand ep- uh, episodes of the show downloaded every week, and uh, and I think that the listeners deserve a better service than that. Also, I've had folks uh, comment on <clears throat> the fact that I talk about Appleseed a lot on the show. Uh, they said you you spend a lot of time talking about Appleseed and uh, and not as much time talking about the 
the subjects that you're that you're talking about or that you have listed on your uh, on the for the show. And uh, of course, as you know, the radio show started out uh, as an as an apple seed supplemental show. Now, the show's always belonged to me. I've never taken a dime from Appleseed for the show. But the show started out, it initially was supposed to be a show that, uh, or a way for me to provide instruction for instructors. And uh, and it kind of grew out of that to a show where we started having uh, different subject matter and, and live guests and stuff like that. And uh, and now uh, it has grown a lot more, and I'm still trying to figure out what to do about this now because uh, I want to keep it a show where Appleseed folks can call in and we can talk about Appleseed, but at the same time, uh, being... Being an Appleseed only show limits a lot of the subject material that I can talk about. So, so this is something else that uh, that I'm working on and trying to figure out. And maybe a, a case of where I split the show into two shows, and uh, one show would be uh, maybe a, a 30 minute uh, a week or twice a week uh, Appleseed show, and uh, and the other show would be uh, a show that uh, was opened up to more subject matter. So that'll be something that if you, and if you guys have any uh, any thoughts on this, uh, I would certainly appreciate hearing them because after all the show, the show's not done so that I can, so that I have a place to talk uh, every week. Uh, I can do that out in my backyard with my neighbors. Uh, the only reason I do the show is because I'm hoping I can provide some type of uh, of helpful information and encouragement and uplifting uh, uh, the ability to uplift the folks and let folks participate in the show so they can uplift each other. So your input is appreciated on that. Uh, Gal, this is this is uh, the old guide in Maine. Right. I've got yeah, go uh, I've got a weekly show on Friday morning from nine to ten. It's the Northern Maine Landman Show, and it's on TalkShoe, which is a network. It's uh, quite similar to this, and uh, you can archive the shows, listen to any of the shows that were have been done forever since the beginning, and uh, it's quite trouble free. You know, the sound quality is is quite a lot better, and uh, they don't have dropped calls and dropped callers, and it uh, it seems to be more reliable. Now, I haven't complained about blog talk. I, I just enjoy the chat regarding Appleseed, but you might want to take a look at TalkShoe. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a look. Uh but as far as the subject matter and stuff, then, uh, like I said, you guys, uh, you guys have a great ability to, to determine what we're going to talk about. Because, as I said, I'm not 
I have plenty of things that I'd love to talk about right now, but maybe you don't want to hear about them, or maybe you do. I don't know, but uh, I'm not doing the show to please me. Uh, I'm doing the show to give, hopefully, to give you guys the the best possible uh, instruction and entertainment that I can. So what I need from you guys is uh, information or suggestions on the things that you wish to hear about. Otherwise, you're going to get you're going to get what you've been getting, which is just the things that I decide to talk about because I, that's that's what I do. I'll pick up things that uh, I want to talk about and I'll put them on the air. So if you guys don't uh, make any suggestions, and that's what we'll keep doing. But but I would uh, I would love to hear about you got hear from you guys about what you'd like to talk about now. Let me switch gears now, <clears throat> and I'm gonna, I want to talk about at least uh, for the last few minutes here about the things that uh, that went on after the events at Lexington Concord. Now we had uh, on uh, April 19th, 1775, <clears throat> we had the events that we just celebrated at Lexington and Concord and along Battle Road back to Boston. The events on April 19, 1775 ended uh, late that night on April 19th with the British regulars retreating back across Charleston Neck uh, and, and the colonials being uh, stopped uh, right there at the Neck since they couldn't cross the neck because the the British uh, ships of war were able to cover the neck with their guns, and they began the siege of Boston. Now, the siege of Boston started that evening, and it went on for uh, right about a year. But there were a lot of things there were a lot of things that happened between the beginning of the siege and that uh, when it ended. Now. A few days after the 19th, on the 23rd, the uh, Provincial Congress in Massachusetts met. And when they met, they wrote up orders uh, ordering 13,600 American colonist soldiers to be mobilized. And these were the the colonial militia. And uh, the the writers were sent out all across the colonies with the announcement that the the colonies, all of the colonies, militias, had been mobilized. So they wanted 13, over almost 14,000 soldiers to be mobilized and head for Boston. And uh, that's what they did. They, they began moving to Boston, and they started to establish camps uh, around the city. And they held those camps for over a year. Now, during this time, this was a pretty confusing time, the very beginning of the, of the war, because there was no overall command at the time. Uh, there were there were folks that that were. Uh, oh, okay, I'm just checking the. Okay, making sure that I'm 
and I'm not uh, turning anybody off here. Uh, they were making sure that that well, it's like I said, it's a confusing time. You've got all of the you, you don't have a national government, uh, as it were. You had the individual colonies, but they still had to work together in some fashion. Now they had the they had the co- the uh, Congress that at the time was uh, issuing orders and uh, and kind of remaining in overall command. But they also didn't have at the time didn't have a an overall military commander yet. Now. On May 10th, 1775, uh, American forces led by Ethan Allen and Benedict Arnold captured Fort Ticonderoga in New York. Now, this was uh, this wasn't a a very smooth thing either because you had Ethan Allen and Green Mountain Boys uh, deciding that they were going to capture Fort Ticonderoga, and they had Benedict Arnold and his crew deciding they were going to capture Fort Ticonderoga, and uh, they eventually came up together, uh, not in the not in the most uh, uh, beneficial way, but they eventually teamed up together and took the fort. And the fort had a a, a a pretty large supply of military equipment, including a great deal of cannons that uh, were eventually taken to Boston. We'll get to that in just a minute. Also, on May 10th, 1775, you have the, the Second Continental Congress, which convened in Philadelphia. John Hancock, at the time, was elected as president. And on May 15th, the Congress orders that the colonies are now in a state of defense. And this is all the colonies. On June 15th, the colonies unanimously vote to appoint George Washington general and commander-in-chief of the new Continental Army. All right? So you've got from April until June 15th where the the armies are operating uh, under their local controls. There's no overall commander, and it's only very loosely uh, held in in check with the Continental Congress, which is uh, issuing orders. That's the second Continental Congress that is now issuing orders. <clears throat> okay, now this brings us up to the 17th. Now at at this at this point, leading up to this point, the Continental Congress and most of the folks are trying to keep from any further hostilities being initiated. There were the the events of April nineteenth, which was one of the which was a major event so far. The uh the capture for Ticonderoga was not that big a deal. It was uh <clears throat> it was mainly held by uh by invalids and uh, and just a small group of British regular forces there. And it was not a real battle. But they were trying to keep from having uh a wide scale outbreak of hostilities. Because remember at the time they were still not we're still almost a year away from the Declaration of Independence. We're still just trying to get at this time to get the the British to recognize that we want to be uh we want to be given the same rights uh the same rights and privileges that the English citizens 
uh, are given under the English Constitution. So the Congress is trying to keep major hostilities from breaking out. But on June 17th, we find that that there is another, another major battle fought between the British regulars and the colonists, and this is on Bunker Hill, all right? This is the first really major fight between, between British and American troops, and this occurred uh, in Boston in the Battle of Bunker Hill. And the American troops uh, had heard that the British regulars were going to occupy uh, the high ground of not Bunker Hill, which was actually uh, it's which was actually a different location, but the high ground of Breed's Hill, and the American troops went in and occupied it first, and they dug in along the high ground of Breed's Hill. The British regulars decided that they were going to go and force them out. So they did. They landed uh, uh, 2,000 British regulars. They rode them across the bay and landed them uh, on the beach there. And then these 2,000 British soldiers stormed up the hill in a frontal assault by battalions. And this is uh, the battle where you hear the famous do not fire till they can see the whites of their eyes, Right? Because the, as we have learned that the 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 musket at the time, uh, the accuracy was it had to be held down. The distance had to be held down to fifty to sixty yards for you to get uh, a good chance of hitting something, even. Even at half that distance, even at 25 yards, the uh, the chances of hitting something were good only if you were a decent shot and you were willing to actually shoot at another human being, all right? Because a lot of people, it's been shown throughout history, a lot of people are not willing to actually shoot at another human being. And, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. So... They were telling them, do not shoot until you can see the whites of their eyes. That means let them get within 15 paces before you fire. This would increase the odds of the defenders making a first-round hit, and believe me, it did. The Americans let loose their first deadly volley of fire, which completely stopped the British advance uh, in its paces. The... It devastated uh, not just the front ranks, but the first front, the first three ranks of the advancing battalions. It was such a devastating blow, and so uh, and all of the command and control of the attack was lost. All of the officers were killed. All of the officers, all of the uh, top NCOs, were all killed in the first volley. The the battalions. Uh, pulled back, and then began to regroup, which is to reform, to reform their lines, refill their, refill their ranks. 
and move other units into positions that they could attack. And then, within about 30 minutes, the second assault on Reed's Hill began. <clears throat> this met with the same devastating fire and had the same results. There were hundreds of British regulars hit and uh, killed in these volleys. And it was a tremendous uh, a tremendous loss for the British that were attacking there. And yet, they continued to attack uh, in a full frontal fashion. Now, they weren't just being shot at from the front. They were attacking into uh, into a, uh, a dugout, a raised position that had been dug. <clears throat> but there were extensive lines along each flank that were firing into the flanks as well as the, uh, as well as the front ranks. <clears throat> After the second attack, they pulled back again to regroup. And they committed themselves to a third full frontal attack. <clears throat> the third attack came, and at this point, <clears throat> a lot of the the defenders, uh, by this time, they had a lot of the defenders had run out of ammunition. <clears throat> there were reports of some of them uh, actually trying to load and fire rocks and gravel. Uh, there from their positions, and the third attack was uh, over overwhelmed the defenders, <clears throat> and it succeeds because the Americans uh, had run out of ammunition, and they were left really only with their muskets and with rocks and sticks to defend themselves. Now, you may think that that they could that they could fight one on one with the with the British regulars as in, in bayonet fighting. But here's the problem with that. The um, the colonial defenders were not set up with bayonets. There there were a few, but they were not set up really with bayonets because because they didn't use them. They had muskets, certainly, because they used muskets for hunting, but they didn't have a lot of bayonets. Not only that, they weren't trained in the use of the bayonet. The British regulars were, of course, trained in the use of bayonets because that's a, that was their main uh, fighting tactic. They would fire a volley from their muskets uh, to try and break the ranks of the opposition. But the real fighting, the real... Uh, point of the spear that they were using were their men with their bayonets and and I doubt uh, I test that there's anyone listening uh, who has been involved in a in a bayonet fight but it's very very ugly and you have to be very very committed to what you're doing to stand in ranks and oppose a bayonet charge, and then to make the decision to use your bayonet and to plunge it into somebody else. And the American defenders were overwhelmed, and uh, they took off. Now, the British 
succeeded in taking the heel and in taking Breeze Hill there and in routing the defenders. But it was at a cost of over half their force. There were over 1,000 casualties, with the Americans losing about 400 on their side, including uh, an important colonial leader at the time, General Joseph Warren. Warren was killed there on Breed's Hill. This was considered a win for the British, but it was considered one in in such a way that that the the opinion of the, the British regulars and of the of the folks at home that, that they could not afford any more wins like that, and certainly you can't because they had lost half of the troops at their disposal in one battle and uh, while this was seen by the British as a win for their side, it was also seen as a win for the colonists. When the colonists had just, they had absolutely bloodied the nose of the British regulars. And, of course, the Continental Congress was horrified by this because when you're hoping for reconciliation, with the uh, with the mother country, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good uh, to commit that much to commit that much bloodshed, and uh, and the colonists had they had they had taken the war to a whole new level. <clears throat> All right, now by July fifth, in seventeen seventy five. The Commonwealth Congress adopts the Olive Branch Petition, which expresses hope for reconciliation with Britain. Now, this is this was their attempt to appeal directly to the king for help in achieving this, in, in achieving reconciliation. But in August, King George refused to even look at the petition. And instead, he issues his own proclamation declaring the Americans to be in a state of open rebellion and further broadening the war. Now, we all know then what happened the next day, right? On July 6, 1775, the Commonwealth Congress issues a declaration on the causes and necessity of taking up arms, detailing the colonists' reasons for fighting the British, and states that Americans are resolved to die as free men rather than live as slaves. Now, this is going to be one year almost to the day before the Declaration of Independence. But it's at this point that the war in the Americas is is taken to another level. Now, January 5th, 1776, the Assembly of New Hampshire adopts the first American state constitution. This is the first American state constitution in the colonies. Now, on the 9th, of 1776, Common Payne's Common Sense is published in Philadelphia. This is a 50-page pamphlet written by Payne, and of course everybody everybody knows uh, the first few lines of this. And this is this is 
highly critical of King George III, and it attacks allegiance to monarchy, and not just not just to, to King George, but it attacks allegiance to monarchy in principle, while providing strong arguments for American independence. And Paine was a gifted writer. And this is one of was one of the most read pamphlets in in history to that time. Now it becomes an instant bestseller. And part of it reads, We have it in our power to begin the world anew. Americans shall make a stand, not for herself alone, but for the world. That's about as powerful a statement as you can make. Okay, folks, listen, we're getting to, we're coming to the uh, the last two minutes of the show, and I really want to thank everybody for calling in, but most, most importantly, I want to thank Sam. Sam, thank you very, very much for uh, for jumping into the show and uh, and running a, a great show. I really appreciate it, Sam. It's a pleasure talking with all these good folks, man. Uh, and uh, thanks for doing such a great job. Uh, we'll see you guys again the next Thursday. Get back and go